Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. How's it going, man? Oh, man, it's going. Things are sucking today. It's not that they're sucking. It's just, yeah, they're sucking. (laughs) You know what really sucks? Most business ideas. Yeah, especially mine. I think think we should talk about that a little. Well, I think the I, I was doing a little homework before our podcast today. Isn't that weird? Yeah, wait, wait, and wait, wait. Let's stop right there for a second. Say that again. I was doing a little homework. before For the podcast? Yeah, for the podcast. Oh, my God. Listen up, people. Let's mark this occasion. Episode 83, Watson prepared before the podcast. Well, I just Googled. For those like, of you things. watching, you are, let's, we're putting the camera on you, buddy. There you go. I'm going to actually make this episode all about you now, Matt. I'm not right, even going to turn this back. I'm going to get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to see my beautiful face. <laughs> the folks in the Startup Hustle chat are, uh, man, you're looking good too, buddy. You know what doesn't suck? You. Thank oh, you for preparing. Go, the go, listeners really appreciate it. And we're sorry for the other 82 episodes where Watson did not prepare. So it's all you, buddy. You, you, you take the lead. All right. So what I was going to say is um, I was looking up why startups fail and um, – the vast majority of the reason that they fail is they solve a problem that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah. It was like 42%. Like just had a dumb idea. How do you even gauge that? Nobody wants to buy it. Nobody. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're in Alaska and you decide you want to sell ice or something, everybody's like, uh, no. I personally feel I could sell ice to Eskimos, but that's a different. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's something too is, you know, I've always told people that, even a mediocre, a mediocre idea that sold well is going to outperform a great idea that sold poorly. Yeah. But if you don't solve a problem, who cares? Well, and some problems you solve also aren't even monetizable. Well, I think the the biggest issue is uh, sometimes it's timing, right? So, using Stackify as an example, we solve a problem. We help people improve the performance of their applications. But if they don't have application performance problems. It may not be top of mind. Which point, yeah. So, yeah. and sometimes it's timing. It's like, sure. do you have an urgent need that you need help with today? Yes or no? Because people always have a thousand things to do. And you've got to get to the top of their list before they're going to buy whatever it is you're trying to sell. And your idea doesn't necessarily have to be original. You don't have to necessarily be the first person to no. have a good idea. I mean, we at Gigabook, we definitely were not the first people to do online appointment booking, but we did solve an important problem in the fact that many of our users didn't have the ability to customize something to the needs of their business. Because right. there were things for, you know, hairstylists and yoga studios and stuff like that. Well, what about the exorcist? Yeah. That uses Gigabook that needs a booking platform because yeah. there is certainly not an exorcism booking platform, although there is if you customize Gigabook to do it. So it was also sometimes about finding iterations of existing ideas. And like we realized that we said, oh, wow, we're not we're not really ideal for this. But we realized early that a lot of people there say, hey, I don't have an industry specific solution. OK, what do you do? I am a I am a party clown that blows balloon animals. Make me a bicycle clown. No, hold, hold on a second. So there's actually somebody who uses Gigabook that's an exorcist. 
Yeah. So that business idea worked. Yeah. Evidently. The exorcism. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, my that startup idea didn't suck. I, no, it didn't. Um, <laughs> I, I got to tell you what, like <laughs> I, I'm going to give that guy a subscription for free. Cause that is at least the 10,000th time that I have brought that up. Yeah. And honestly, I'm thinking about what about, uh, exorcism for startups. Yeah, there we go. That's what do we you do. have some demons that's that you'd exercise? Like, I mean, for real, I feel like that's probably a value, right? Yep. Okay. So we hear a lot of ideas. We recently, uh, we recently put out the news that full scale was going to do some significant investing, right? Yep. In other startups, which wasn't it like a thousand dollars. It was a million. Oh shit. A million. Did we do an episode about that? I don't know. We probably should, shouldn't we? We probably should. Okay. So anyway, I'm taking the camera back, uh, dude. Yep, yep. And I'm back. I'm back. It's me now. Um, so anyway, one of these days, we will get our own technology to work, and I'm looking forward to that. That won't suck. So there's some things that, you know, with, you know, recently, I, I don't know, I get pitched a lot. How often do you get pitched? I'd say a couple times a week, at yeah. least, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm winning mainly because... I'm the one that receives the information from the full scale form. You talk and to a lot more clients than I do. I do. We can change that. No, that idea sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a few things, and you know, even just from this podcast and and uh, other things that we do, like you know, we've right, really driven home the point of like, what problem are you solving? And then you know, one of the things that I'm a big a big, you know, advocate of understanding is what's your path to revenue? You know, how is this going to generate revenue for you? And how are you going to bring in a dollar? And by the time you bring in $1, are you going to have enough dollars left to keep bringing in more? I think even more, even more important along that lines is how do you reach your target audience? Right? Right. So how do, how do they know you exist? How do they, how do they know that you have this magical solution that's perfect for them? Because if they don't know you're, you're dead. Right. I was recently talking to someone about that that had a great idea. And I said, the problem you have is you're now going to enter an educational phase where you're going to have to educate people to even know that what you do exists. Is that I mean, is that similar to, you know, like, hey, I didn't even realize this was going to be available when I walked in the door to an arena. Right. Yeah. I didn't come to the show to say, Oh, okay, this was going to be here and ready for me. And now I didn't know it was there. So I walked by and it was new to me. So the first time I went, I didn't buy it. And now I'm not back for nine months later and I've completely forgot about it. again. And sometimes those are interesting opportunities though, because if it's something that's really super cool, it's more possible that people are going to talk about it too. Sure. Like you're the random guy who did whatever this thing was. And all of a sudden sure. you want to tell everybody because you were the first to do this cool new thing that nobody's ever heard of. And there's things that you can you can do to try to help your own business to raise that awareness. You know, just talking about your own little viral boost things like, hey, you know, did you have fun using this? Tell someone about it. It's got to make noise. Be a little suggestive. I know how to make noise. That's basically what I do. Are you checking yourself out on the live yeah. stream cam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. So – a couple show notes. Not only are you prepared, we have like a producer now. I don't know how I'm going to handle all this. Like this just seemed, listen, it's the paper. There's well, I think the goal here. was for you to come in and just read this like Ron Burgundy. Oh, Ron Burgundy will read anything that's on the prompter and that's me. But that's only when I'm doing voiceovers. Oh. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, with any creative product or project that you hire full scale to do, I will give you a free voiceover. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. So, you know, one of the things here on our notes is you got to put it to the test. So what are a couple ways you can put something to the test, Matt? You can talk to customers, figure out if they care about it. Okay. Um, I think another thing is trying to understand, you know, is your information and your story clear? Um, how often do you run into people that are pitching you five ideas that should just be one? Well, they try and do too many things. That's yeah. part of it, right? We met with somebody last week and they had a lot of great ideas, but it's like, you can't do all 10 of these. Yeah. You got to figure out one. Got to be good at one before you try to be good at six. Yeah. And especially that's, I mean, that's something that is going to come up with an investor's as well. You sound like you're all over the place. Yeah. Or you're not good at any one thing, like pick one thing or maybe two and get really good at it and then focus on the other things. And like you said, uh, I think one of the things I learned early is put it out there and get people to react to it, get people to, um, you know, try it and give you feedback. One of the mistakes I made with Gigabook was trying, we tried to assume and build too much stuff right. in there thinking that people would want it. And then they didn't even use it. Yeah, and you told me yesterday you were adding another thing. Well, that was, yeah, that was for our own. Benefit. <laughs> I mean, well, actually, but that's a good point though. Cause now, but now we have a strong understanding of what people are looking for. We're not really building that while that may be considered a new feature, it's just a simple branch of right. something existing that we have. Yeah. Like, and actually what we can share what that was is like, with, um, we want, we do promo codes, but they're only good when something has a price or discount. Yeah. So we wanted to add a redemption code and that was actually for our own giveaways that we do at full scale. Right. We wanted to do online booking so we could give away some of the concert and sports tickets to our clients that we wanted, but we wanted to be able to have some limitation to right. that. So like here, this redemption code's good for four spaces, and the other option would have been we would have had to put a price on everything and then given a promo code that would have had X number of uses at a 100% discount. It just would have been really confusing. So, Well, and so along these lines, StackFi is kind of in the same place, right? The company's seven years old now, so we're, we're still a, a startup, I guess, but we're not an early stage startup. But we still have the same struggle of how many things do we do? Yeah. Who is our target audience? We have a million ideas on the roadmap. We have almost 60 employees, so we can do a lot of things, yeah. but it's still trying to stay focused on who is our customer and how do we solve their problem the best versus trying to solve everybody's problem. You need to be building things that either help you gain new customers or retain the ones that you have. Right. And if they're not, do if it's not doing either of that, then it's probably not a very good return on your time. So um, in regards to like overall, like also like, is what you're doing interesting? I mean, that's that's a, a, a bit of a litmus test as well. Like, you know, are people even going to care? Sometimes the best business ideas are really boring, though. True, true. They and just solve a problem that needs to be solved, and they're not sexy. But, and those are the ones that solve uh, problems that involve doing repetitive things. And they can still be challenging. They can still be interesting, but they're under the radar I mean, honestly, Gigabook's not particularly interesting. There's nothing like sexy or revolutionary about online scheduling. Well, your help videos, those videos of you make it a little more sexy. That's a different subject. Oh, okay. But my point is, is it accomplishes something that most people don't like doing 
it's repetitive, it's expensive, and it's very inaccurate because if you're not going to answer the phone every time someone calls, yeah. then you're going to miss opportunities. There's, so, there's a lot of business ideas that are sort of the plumbing, yeah. the plumbing or the glue. They're, they're just things that happen behind the scenes. Um, Stackify is kind of one of those things, right? It just kind of happens behind the scenes. Nobody uh, knows it exists. Someone on the live stream just literally said, I'm taking a shower with you guys. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. So um, well, we can envision that, I guess. That, I don't want to. That's a first. <laughs> but still, I think that that is – I'm going to go ahead and let him watch you. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're switching that over to Watson. All um, right. Yeah, so you can take a shower with Austin Wright. Okay. Um, anyway – so let's kind of go back and, and get a little deeper into this. So like, does your idea achieve its goal? You know, so if you've established a clear goal, you know, like what does your, what does it need to do? Who is this for? And what do they need to, what benefits do they need to receive from using your product? Those are good, good places to start, right? Yeah. Okay. So if that's, I mean, that's the main problem you're going to try to stop, you know, solve and, you know, if you're lacking clarity on what your goal is, you need to stop building stuff until you have a little more clarity. I think you got to know what the goal is of the user. Like whoever the user is of the product, what is the problem that they have? What, you know, what is the goal you're trying to solve for them? So, because they're the ones that are going to buy the product. Okay. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, I think that's, that's the, that's the, literally the what hundred or $64,000 question could literally be that mm -hmm. is trying to determine what it is. Um, I think that I found that people are always willing to talk about what they're passionate about. So if you're trying to solve a problem for a particular industry, go find people in that industry that have been in it or passionate about it and just say, Hey, what's your biggest problem? Well, and the challenge you have is you go meet with these people and they tell you, Oh yeah, your idea sounds great, but that is still doesn't mean you've got a valid business. Yeah. Right. Because you get people that are just nice. They're like, oh, yeah, it'd be great if you could solve this problem for me. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop everything I'm going to do and buy this, though. Well, a few years ago, my brother-in-law, who's an ER doctor, had approached me. And um, and I've, I've talked about this before. He had an idea. He said a lot of people come into the ER and they're passed out. Right. He said even like a homeless guy will have an iPhone, though. But the problem is, is they're locked. They can't open it up. Right. So they can't see any information. The problem is, is when someone's unconscious, you can't give them specific types of medicine because if they're allergic to something you could kill them right so he wanted to make a an uh, change to you know to ios right. that put a medical badge on the outside and could be unlocked with a doctor's registration number or okay. something uh, but and it was a great idea like it literally could have saved lives but i asked him i said well what's your path to revenue he said, well, insurance companies would be into this and all these other people and think about how much money they save. But I said, you, can't, you can never prove that. Blue Cross, you can't prove to Blue Cross Blue Shield tangibly how many lives you're going to save and how much money you're going to. And I said, this is a great idea, but I, don't, I think that your path to monetizing this is going to take years. And then like a year later, Apple just put it on the phone. Yeah. You can actually do it yourself and it's in there. So someone else had and, clearly thought and, about and it as well. That might be a scenario where his best bet is to uh, – maybe patent it and then go to Apple and be like, Hey, you need to do this. And yeah. And my patent. I mean, I told him, I said, look, if you want, maybe that's her, maybe if, you can't patent that, but I'm just, if you want to spend a lot of money, um, time and effort yeah. over the next few years, fight, fighting this, yeah, then you might want to, or, you know, or you could just stick with being a doctor 
and that'll probably put money in your pocket too. That might work. Yeah. So there are a lot of ideas out there that are great and could change the world, but aren't necessarily monetizable. I was actually watching a documentary last night about suppressed technology, like things that over the years were great ideas, but you know, like Tesla's wireless energy, right? You know, no one wanted to invest in it right. because the end result was giving people power for free. Right. I mean, revolutionary like, life changing kind of stuff, but the money that would have been behind it said, uh, wait a minute, we're not going to put ourselves out of business. Well, Speaking here. of Tesla, electric cars are kind of like that because most car dealers and automotive industry makes money on servicing cars, not selling them. Right. And Electric cars don't need a lot of service. Sure. Well, we, and even, uh, well, I sent you an article last night about, you know, for those of you that aren't here in Kansas City, we are in Kansas, which apparently has the second most, um, the second highest amount of wind in the country, making us the second best option for generating electric power. And I was shocked at how little electric power we are generating here in the state. And that's because who, like who, well, obviously we benefit from it, but what are the power companies going to? Uh, yeah. Why did it, did you ever, as a tangent, did you figure out why we don't do it? Just Well, the, some of that information was a little older. We are actually making a, a much greater move to do it. Okay. It's crazy. So you take this like giant turbine, like the right. kinds you see, and there was 50, there's a patch of 56 of them. And just those 56 wind turbines create enough energy for 37,000 homes for a year. Wow. And that's crazy. But, that's you know, crazy. so who benefits from that? And is it someone that's uh, a different entity other than the people that are currently sending power to your house? Right. And then, like, think about it. Who do they own that infrastructure and that, you know, right. just trying to get things lined up is is sometimes a lot harder than than the practicality. Guess of all the, the, the wind coming over the uh, Rocky Mountains. In Kansas, it's probably because be. it's flat as hell and yeah. there's nothing to stop it. Yep. So, well, let's move on and let's talk about the. So, when you look at your idea and you're saying, does it suck? Sometimes your idea doesn't, but your delivery of said idea and solution and the information and story that goes with it, uh, that might suck. Well, and for some people, and, and software developers run into this problem all the time, and I can be guilty of it is you also spend all your time on creating your idea and not even selling it at all. Yeah. Well, you you're like me. a mad scientist in a lab that never gets out of the lab to actually sell it. You hear me say that so much. And people are like, yeah, we need to raise money. I'm like, you know, you guys could stop and try to sell something. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I consider myself a bit of a storyteller. And I think that the way you shape the facts, um, and I mean that in the with the utmost integrity, meaning like it's not about – doing anything other than, than considering the way that you're delivering your information. You know, there's an infinite amount of ways to say almost anything. Therefore, some of them have to be a little better than others. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that people, especially though, you know, you talk about a developer or here's a couple developers that have built something and, um, they're not sales guys. They're not storytellers. In fact, they might even be, you know, really introverted and they get caught up in the features and your story needs to involve like, Hey, here's the problem. Here's the feature. But with that, here are the advantages and the benefits that go with it. It's really easy. FAB features, advantages, benefits. Mm -hmm. If your message is not covering all three. So the features are what here's the, here's the switches. The advantages are, well, this is the advantage over the way that you're doing it, or perhaps this is our advantage over 
other competitive products. And then the benefits is what people really buy. And that can be as simple as like, I always use that example of, of, uh, you go to Best Buy and there's this kid trying to sell you a camera and he's like, yeah, it's got this reverse, whatever mirror with this super chip in it. I'm like, does it take clear pictures of my kids on Christmas? So my wife doesn't complain. Cause that's a benefit I'll buy. Well, but sometimes people are looking for really specific features though, right? Like but they look for what those features do for them. Yeah. Well, like for Gigabook as an example, we needed something to schedule more than one resource at a time. Right. And most scheduling systems don't do that. So if you're a, if you're a smart buyer who understands those types of products, you'll research and research and research looking for that one specific and thing. And that's our advantage over the competitors now that we did launch that. And the benefit of it is efficiency and scheduling. And we, we use the example of a baseball academy that has five batting cages, right. but 10 hitting coaches. Now those coaches can't accurately be scheduled for hitting lessons without a batting right. cage. So it has to pair those things up. And if that pairing doesn't exist, then availability shouldn't exist. So the, the key question is how many of those types of features do you need before you have a competitive product? Or do you keep going down the path of trying to create more and more of those features and differentiators or do you just sell what you have and that wasn't that's always the struggle well for us the answer to that question was that actually opened up our ability to service bigger and large and more enterprise type accounts because we do our billing based on the number of of people or things that you're taking bookings for so inherently if you even need that you at a minimum are not a single resource account well and, and so part of the challenge with this too is is just communication, right? So like Stackify has a thousand features, but how do our customers know that those features exist, right? They, they might be buying our product or considering buying our product, but they may go to our docs or our blog sure. or whatever, and they're searching for certain keywords to look for that stuff. And so sometimes it's like we have the product, but as part of selling it, we got to educate and have all the documentation so people know that it exists and will solve the problems they're trying to solve. So for ours, like they might come and they'll search for, Azure or AWS or Kubernetes or Docker or like all these technologies. They're just trying to figure out, do we support it or or do we not support it? I think your challenge too, is you actually have two completely different types of buyers as well. Meaning like personality wise, Mm -hmm. like you've got the developer and then you have maybe the non-technical person who's looking for a solution to streamline something else. So you have people that are, that they're going to look at the, okay, what's my benefit here? Like the developer wants to save time, energy, and emotion, and maybe not like be scrutinized because everything isn't working all the time, every time. Like you guys don't service clairvoyance, do you? No. With the, I bet we might be able to get some of that from the exorcist. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That could, oh, That's yeah. a, I'd get into that. Maybe I should then. just schedule all of their time up. We got to get this guy on a call. <laughs> we can call him up. I really like, I kind of, that's what I want to live stream, but yeah. So also, you know, with the, with the delivery of your information and telling your story, you know, consider who's going to be hearing it. Yeah. And, and that could be part of your issue, right? Is understanding your buyer. Are they somebody who are just buying the high level benefits and they're like, are you going to solve my problems? Yes or no. Or are they the kind of buyer who wants to get into the weeds and all the details? Yeah. And now those buyers that want to get in the weeds, they want to hear about all the features. But yeah. you still don't assume at any point that anybody understands what the benefit of your product is. It's like is. if you came to you my house tell. and you said you were going to mow my grass, 
I really don't care what kind of lawnmower and the height of the grass yeah. and like I don't give a shit. Care that my just you're gonna my, mow my grass. Yeah. That's the benefit. Done. Yeah. If I have to have more brain power than that in the conversation, then I'm not interested. Yeah, you got to understand who you're, what you're selling, and who your buyer is. So another idea, another thing that might help you understand that your idea sucks. Does your idea or your product or your solution invoke any type of emotional or feeling type response from the user? I'm getting excited now. What what are we selling? Is it because I said feeling? Yeah. I'm, I'm having all of the feelings. I, all of them? Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. But my point is, is like, are people excited? Like when you tell people about your idea or like... Are we going to Disneyland? No. Oh, shit. You told me the other day you never wanted to go again. Oh, wait. You said you had one more trip in you. Yeah. So but here's the thing is like when you explain the benefits that your that your solution or your idea provides, are people like, oh, my God, why hasn't someone done this already? Right. When When is this available? I, I can't live without response. this. Or if everyone's like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, if they're not very excited about it. Yeah, because, well, people don't buy things they're not excited about, right? Or they're not, not unless not, they have to. Not as easily. So I mean, nobody's excited about buying a phone system, but so I mean, something something it. that you know can help with that is once again show your work to other people and um, someone, especially people that are similar to your target audience. Asking people about what your solution or your product or your idea does that have nothing to do with the benefit. Yeah. The, the, that's kind of pointless. But I think you're right though. The, especially if you're first starting out, those early customers should be the kind that are excited that are your raving fans, right? Yeah. You need those to start out. Well, those are the people that are telling you what you need to build. right? Yeah. Um, now I do want to say something just cause a couple of people tell you your idea isn't good. It doesn't mean it's not good. Well, I think the guys who started Airbnb, everybody told them their idea was stupid. Right? Yeah. Weren't they one of those? That worked out. It worked out. Now they're bigger than all the hotels combined. And on our list of companies that we don't think should be considered startups no, anymore. Not a startup. And why? My lovely wife has given us the 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 measurement standard. If your company has become a verb, yeah. you are no longer a startup. So I think, when I, think you, I saw something the other day that said you can't call a, a somebody a startup if they're more than ten years old. I mean, I don't think if you're. I think if you're a verb, I think she hit that right on the head. Yeah, like, I think it's good. I, I'm going to Uber. I'm going to Uber home. Okay, you are a verb, and you know, like we're going to Airbnb it. Mm -hmm. Is that a verb or a noun? Anyway, when you become a a common a common term in popular vocab. Okay. Okay, so I want to keep moving on to this. You know, is it interesting? Um, you know, like, does your idea invoke thought? And, you know, we just talked about the, the you know, does it create, does it hit emotional feelings? Does it do something that gets people excited? And, you know, things that people are excited about are, well, they spread, they tell people about it. Right. Absolutely. Because they're yep. excited about they're fans. It. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about healthy hip hop. Cause that's something we've invested in. Right. And yep. that is an example of something that's interesting to a lot of people. It's interesting. Yeah. And, and it solves a problem, which is that, um, kids aren't really as active and that maybe hip hop is a little dirty. My kid doesn't want to do anything except 
play on the iPad. And right. So, but if that can get him Fortnite, if he, if, but if you could get something that could get him to stand up once an hour and move for a minute, would that, would you find that to be interesting? That would be a thousand percent gain over his current movement. <laughs> That we're going to do a Fitbit challenge. Yeah. If we had to put, well, my kid's in the second, Dylan's in her second year of soccer and she scored two goals on Sunday. She's realized now that she is bigger than the other kids. Ah. So that was like, you can run them over. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Uh But it's, it's also interesting because, you know, we're trying to teach her to not like push and to share and stuff like that, which is, the opposite of what you need to do in most sports. Like you need to take the ball <laughs> you need to be aggressive. and you need to box someone out yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, I'll okay. teach her to slide tackle when you're ready. Yeah. Well, we'll get right on that. Okay. Yeah. Is she going to try it on you? No. Okay. I was going to say that's another live stream opportunity. All right. So with whatever it is that you're, if when trying to determine whether or not your idea sucks, you need to ask yourself, is this interesting to me? And does it challenge me? Because there, if you're not interested and passionate about your own idea, that's what I was going to say. You got to be really passionate about this because, as an entrepreneur, half the time you wake up in the morning and you ask yourself, "Why the hell am I doing this?" Right. And if you're not passionate about it, then done, done. You're going to lay back down. Game over. You're going to, and you know, there's. I think it's perfectly natural, and I I tell entrepreneurs this all the time. Actually, I tell our clients at Full Scale. I say, look, I know what it's like to wake up at two in the morning and wonder. Am I going to go broke? Am I crazy? Or is every decision I've made up to this point wrong? And also to have that coin toss moment where you're like, all right, heads, we'll keep doing this tails. We quit. But if you're not passionate about it and if it doesn't challenge you, then you're, it's going to die. So, um, you know, so what if you determine that your idea doesn't suck? Now what? It's time to go big. What if you determine your idea does suck? Next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done that a bunch. There's always how, something else to do. How many, I refer to my, uh, to my harbor of unlaunched ships. <laughs> and I think, it, I think it was Lyrell Holt, uh, the founder of Carstar, that said it best. Ships are best meant at sea. Yeah. And uh, I definitely have a bunch of docked, beached or just shipwrecked vessels. I told you most of your ideas suck. I know, but I, but that's my type of entrepreneurism. I like to do a lot of things and, you know, there's a lot of phrases and, you know, let's throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. You got it. And that's why they tell you to fail fast. You got to quickly figure out how much time and energy are you going to dedicate to something before you figure out that this is not the right thing. Yeah. I don't have any cruise ships in the Harbor. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of dinghies and, and, uh, I just wanted to say dinghy, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of things in there that, you know, I don't know. So I think on the way out, like, you know, cause we like to keep it positive. And even though we like to talk about the things we didn't do well, like, I mean, let's just, so if you have determined that your idea doesn't suck, I mean, let's, we got a few tips here for some things that could either help you get it moving or maybe just help you get it out there. And I think the first one that's good is, you know, start working on your network. You know, where are the people that are going to, you're let's just say that you, all right, you have a history with automotive. Yeah. So 
if I have an automotive software idea, you're not the worst person to ask, are you? Would not be the worst. God, I feel like that happens like five times a week in here. And I thank you for your deep automotive history. No problem. I actually just got off a call with someone that had worked with you at Venn Solutions and is now interested in being a full-scale customer. Wow. Yeah. So like it. it's deep. But, you know, there's, you know, when you talk about networking, um, gosh, there's so many things that you can go and do. And some of them are industry specific and some of them are, are not, but you're probably never going to sell anything if you don't ever get out and talk to people or tell them about can, it. Can I have a little rant about this? Do it. So I met with some guy a couple weeks ago. He was trying to do some networking and he was looking for investors and he wouldn't even tell me exactly what his product did because he wanted me to sign an NDA. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, no, I'm like, you need to at least be able to tell me at a high level what it is your product does. Like you need to tell me that you've invented chocolate cookies. You don't need to tell me what kind of chocolate, the ratio mm. of the chocolate, all the ingredients, but at least get me excited. Tell me you've invented the best chocolate chip cookies. You don't have to tell me the secret sauce. Yeah. That guy was very frustrating. That was my feedback from him. I'm like, dude, you got to figure out how to tell people what it is you do. And I'm not, nobody's going to sign an NDA. Yeah. And you need to tell every single person you meet that you've invented chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. If you're scared to do that, then you're out. You're done. Yeah, and if your idea, and if if your idea, I, I don't know. I think that just the whole. Uh, <laughs> you want me to sign legal documents to give you free advice is kind of stupid, right? Yeah, that was my free advice. <laughs> your free advice that I'm was not signing legal documents to get free advice. Yes. Well, um, speaking of that, you know, after you've started working on your network, it's not a bad idea to ask the, ask people for advice about your business ideas, but don't well, ask them to sign an NDA. Sp speaking of that, the, I mean, or if you do, I mean, I don't even, what's the point of that in so many situations? The, the key to business networking is the person you're meeting with may not be able to directly help you, but they might know somebody who does. Right? right. So this particular person was working on something that had to do with mobile phones and security. Well, I don't know anything about that, but I know somebody who does. Yeah. Who sold a company. But wait, uh, I just made you sign a piece of paper that said you can't tell any, you can't know, disclose right? any information about know, me or right? my ideas. So wait. But I knew the perfect person to introduce You just painted to. me on a corner though. Yeah. I can't do it. I know. You know another thing too. I knew is, the perfect person to introduce him to. Like I wasn't the guy, but I knew somebody who was. So that's another thing you too. Never is know. If you want me to sign something, especially if it's longer than the front of one piece of paper, then I'm going to send it to someone else first. Like I'm, I, and I'm not going to pay my lawyer to review it. Our lawyer's expensive too. We love yeah. you, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We love you like a brother, but we can't afford you. Yeah, we can, but do we don't want to. I do have an update. Uh, apparently, uh, speaking of dinghy, um, Austin wanted you to know that he is clean. Oh, good. Good, yeah. good. Yes. That's awesome. So, good job, Austin. Super creepy. That's Austin Wright, everybody. Look him up on Facebook. Be his <laughs> friend. <laughs> he used to be a comedian, and now we know why he's an entrepreneur. Is he going to be our third co-host? Oh, God. We'll just stream him in every time. I think he'd be, we, he apparently already is, and now he's <laughs> throwing emojis out. So thank you for being the one person that is apparent, apparently watching this, maybe two. Um, okay, so look, I'm throwing the show notes out, sound effect. I, I think there's one last thing to mention. 
Yeah, would you have anything else on your? I don't want to get in the way there's, of your in-depth research. Did you pretty, have anything else you uncovered? I, I, I do have some interesting statistics, but I think there's one last thing to remember here. There's a pretty good chance that your idea sucks, but that doesn't mean you aren't a pivot away from a better idea. Sure. Yeah. Right? That happens a lot. I think that's fair. People have some idea, yeah. but then the more they research it and they dig into the industry or learn about people's problems, they figure out, oh, I can make this little change, and this little change all of a sudden changes all of it. Is it kind of like when we opened our own development office and then later realized that a slight pivot to the right and opening it to customers would result in hiring 165 yeah, people? Yeah, sort of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did get some stats about startup failures I thought was interesting. Are they all about my startup failures? No, your stats are either way higher or lower. <laughs> um, I'll let you know as you spit them out. One I thought that was interesting, it said that uh, 46% of all small businesses fail because of incompetence. I, yeah, I think that's low. I think that's funny. No, I, no, the, by the way, I think that's low. Well, hold on. The next 30% is because of unbalanced experience or lack of managerial experience. So you add those two together and you got 76%. That's, that's why I was saying 46 was low. I mean, those are both. And, you know, I think incompetence is a harsh term. Well, that's why you got to have a good idea. You got to solve a problem and have a good team. Well, the problem, they, they use the term incompetence there, but it's inexperience. Is, I mean, that's right. really what that kind of, you know, but the unbalanced approach and man, how many times have we talked about it here on the show about having, you know, we've always said that, that, it, and I, I I believe this is what has made you and I good business partners is that we have a lot of experience doing similar but also different things as well as our desire to do those different right. things. You know, like yep. I don't mind, um, you know, the biz dev stuff. I actually love it. I'd rather do that than most of that. We've spent a lot of time getting me away from all the other stuff. And like you like the technical components of things, but yet we still have alignment when it comes to, you know, a lot of stuff. And, and I think that that's important because if you are nothing but CTOs. Right. Somebody's got to sell something. Who's yeah. going to sell it? Yeah. Which CTO? Right. Right. Not going to work. And, so and, here's and, one, one more uh, thing I think it's really interesting. So we talk about it's got to be a good idea, got to have the right team, all these things. They said the vast majority of startup funds, 82% of the funds come from the entrepreneur themselves or their family and friends. That sounds about right. So you got to have some rich uncles or something too. Or you got to well, you got to spend. Your or money you got to work your ass off. Spend your money wisely. Yeah. Or um, you know, it's yeah. Oh man. So I'm hoping to do some some episodes soon related to. Uh, you know, we've touched this subject before, but I want to come back to it. Like things like valuations and investment, right. and I yeah. God, I'll tell you what I have. I keep talking to people that tell me that something that hasn't generated any revenue has no users and has like nothing built yet is worth 2 million bucks. Now, if that is the case, then I'm going to be rich really soon. Cause I, I'm going to go back to that Harbor and I'm going to untie all those ships that I never set well, out to see. But that's, but that's the difference between as well as Kansas city and Silicon Valley. Cause you have Silicon Valley, that company is worth $50 million if it's a big opportunity that if it's potentially Airbnb, these they have usually, no revenue. These usually are not. Yeah. If they have this opportunity to be this giant business, if it succeeds, yeah. then they're not worth two. They're worth like 50. Yeah. These are oftentimes like niche things yeah. 
or, you know, stuff. And, you know, like, I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I'm just saying, like, I hear it a lot. And, you know, so we were, uh, over the weekend, I went, you know, we did a, I went to the rodeo. Yeah, that was fun. But one of the guys that was there was Jeff Shackelford, who runs a local, uh, um, entity called digital sandbox. And they give out $20,000 grants to seed stage businesses. And I was talking to him about some stuff. I was specifically about valuations. And I asked him, I said, I said, you know, one of the things that, and digital sandbox, look it up. It's here in Kansas city. I think it's awesome. Jeff has an amazing history. I'm trying to get him to come be a co-host because he's got, you're replacing me. Well, no, we always talk about having a backup plan. That idea doesn't suck. You keep going. It doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. It's about, I, I keep, we keep threatening to do more episodes of the podcast, but you know, I really want to. So I want yeah. to try to bring some different stuff in. And with the world travels that we do, it's sometimes hard to get us both in here, but Jeff has so much experience, not only as an entrepreneur, as an advisor, but they try to coach people. And, you know, I talked to him about valuations and I said, what do you think about all these people that think, you know, they're pre-revenue, pre-product, they're pre-everything. And they think they're going to raise money at $2.5 million. And he goes, I ask him one question. Tell me why you're worth that. Right. And that's a, I mean, that is the question to answer. So if your idea doesn't suck, you should be able to answer why you're worth anything. And you know, you're not worth shit until someone writes you a check, right? That's right. So it's all hypothetical. So anyway, what do we determine here in this episode that your idea can't suck? The team has to be good. You have to solve a good problem and you need a rich uncle probably. Will you adopt me? And then there's like still a 76% chance you're either incompetent or or you lack managerial experience. (laughs) Wow. This is why 90% of startups fail. Man. Well, you know what hasn't failed? This podcast. I'm still shocked about that because was this a good idea? I think it was a good idea. Well, it doesn't make any money. That's, that is subjective, sir. It's 84 episodes in. Actually, that's incorrect because we had to scrub episode 83 due to ongoing technical problems. Probably due to our own incompetence or inexperience. <laughs> Lack of managerial experience. Is this a good time to mention that I worked in the musical instrument business for almost a decade and I should know how all of this equipment works and to troubleshoot all of it? And I don't know. I'm just going to keep throwing money at it. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when something doesn't work, you just spend more mm-hmm. yeah. and spend more and not save less. That's right. Yep. Okay. Anyway, well, I hope that everyone got a you know a few good things out of this, and you know, like really, the only person in the end that, that can determine if your idea is any good or worth pursuing is you. Um, I don't want anything that we said here in this episode to deter you from your dreams, but you also got to you be know realistic. You got to be realistic, and you know, dreams turn into nightmares. I mean, last time I checked, a nightmare is a form of a dream, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you can get yourself in some hot water, but I think anytime that you have a plan and, you know, try to get smart people around you, I think that's probably the best advice anyone's ever, 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 ever given me about business is make sure you hire really smart people. Yes. That's pretty much 90 people smarter than you. Yeah. Right. At well, things you don't know how to do. That makes it so hard for me to find help. That makes it pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. See you. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.